0: Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Okay-ish. As always, I'm your host, Mary Ellen Dance, and today I have a very special guest with me. I have Karen Gold here. Karen is a licensed marriage and family therapist, or LMFT, in California, which is I'm jealous. I mean, right now it's a sunny day here, so I'm not that jealous of California, but <laughs> six months of the year, I'm very jealous of people who live in California. <laughs> that's fair, so minus welcome. the fires <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah. Where, whereabouts in California are you? I'm in the Silicon Valley. Oh my goodness. So that's, that's... How is it?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's great most months of the year and then you know three or four months of the year you can't go outside because the air quality is bad now and so
0: (laughs) but it's
1: tech and startup land so very exciting to be right in
0: the center of it all yeah absolutely so Karen before we we want to talk about where you work now and I want to know everything there is to know about it but before we go into that like what how long have you been in the field what got you into this field like how did you wanna become a therapist? I hate that question, but like, I feel like it always has to be asked.
1: <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, just thanks for having us on here, or having me on here as a representative of COA. We're just, I'm just so stoked to get to talk to another therapist about all these therapisty things. It's one of my favorite things to do. So <laughs> yeah, I'm Karen Gold. I started my graduate program for becoming a therapist in 2014. So I've really only been in the field six or seven years so far so still relatively early in all of my work and my clinical work but I did my graduate school then in California it's 3,000 hours of clinical work towards the license so I did that in roughly two years and then two state licensing exams so now I am licensed to treat all sorts of mental health issues patients clients all of it and I worked predominantly in high acuity so suicidal ideation teenagers intensive outpatient things like that and i really started working or wanting to work in the mental health field and becoming a therapist overall because well you know i think as most of us therapists part of the reason we hate that question is probably because we've before we even became therapists we were kind of therapists already So even from a young age, I was the go-to advice person for my friends. They would come to me for things. Family members would ask my opinions on things, and I was like, I'm the baby of the family. Why do you keep talking to me about your problems? I don't understand.
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Right?
1: We have some sort of quality, and I think for me personally, I actually had a family member my senior year of high school that completed suicide and died by suicide. So that really propelled me into trying to do my best to understand what happens to people then that would lead them to have such dark times and what is so difficult and what can we do to catch it earlier on what can we do to be more proactive about it and how do we talk about it more often because i think mental health issues in general thrive in secrecy so really wanting to bring it to light as much as possible
0: wow that's amazing that's really amazing we did an episode a few episodes back about suicide. It was like Suicide Awareness Day or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I said, and I'll reiterate, is that it's uncomfortable to talk about, so people don't talk about it, but it's so necessary to talk about because it takes like its power away and it helps people not suffer in silence um, right. and all of that. So that's awesome, awesome work that you're doing. Yeah. Now, okay, now tell us where you work
1: now. So I started close to six months ago, so it's still relatively new, so I'm still very excited about it. (laughs) I work at a mental health startup called COA, and COA is the world's first gym for mental health. So what we do here is we work really hard to make mental health as proactive, as accessible as you would your physical fitness. So we're really tapping into what we call emotional fitness. So really being able to, again, have that proactive component and take care of your mental health before something becomes an issue and ongoing, like you would at any gym for your physical health. So we offer things like emotional fitness classes. We have like an eight-week series or one-off classes people can take where you learn a little bit more about yourself. We give you some things to think about, some traits some tools, and it's all based on our research where we had a couple folks do a lot of research around what it means to be emotionally healthy. And we found by studying both entrepreneurs and psychologists, we found that people who are emotionally healthy, if you're sitting across from someone who is proactive about their mental health, has really great relationships, knows how to regulate some feelings, they are high on seven different traits of emotional fitness. And so we've tapped into making our entire series and a lot of the content that we build for folks around those seven traits of emotional fitness to really help people practice and work out their emotional fitness as they would any other physical fitness.
0: That is amazing. I am like so jealous of you and this company and I think it's fantastic and I hope it becomes accessible everywhere because I tell people that all the time, right? Like mental health is just as important as physical health, but we all know, we all know and love therapy, right? And we love going to therapy, but sometimes like maybe for whatever reason, that's not the best avenue for you in that moment. So this is, this is incredible. So am I allowed to ask what the, what the seven traits of like an emotionally fit person is? I want to know if I am.
1: (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So we have self-awareness, empathy, mindfulness, curiosity, play, resilience, and communication. And I think the play one throws people off a lot of all the traits, but it's personally one of my favorites, because one, my middle name is basically goofball. And two, I think people forget that in play, there's also vulnerability and being able to let your guard down and show up and playful people know how to connect with other people, not shut someone down, but build on and play and work together for problem solving. So it's really each trait that I just mentioned, it is that trait. And there's layers deeper there, too. So it's not just about being self-aware. It's not just about being mindful. It's also these layers deeper that we talk about in class.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is so incredible. So I love that, too, because I'm sure you have, too, seen people who come to counseling or maybe they don't come to counseling and they just find out you're a therapist and they say, oh, well, you know, emotional wellness, mental wellness is important to me, but like I don't know what I would talk about. Like, have you experienced that?
1: Yes, a lot, definitely. Especially for people that are like, I don't think I need to go to therapy because, like, nothing's really wrong right now, so I don't know what I'm going to talk
0: about. Exactly. So this, like, solves that problem. It's like, well, here are these, like, muscles that we just want you to strengthen.
1: Exactly. And we really like to tap into that gym metaphor because... It really is so similar that you walk into a gym, you look around, you're saying, goodness gracious, where do I start? What machine does what? Some of them look like torture devices, like do I push, do I pull? What am I supposed to do here? And what I really appreciate about Koa and what I'm really excited about is that there is a framework for, if you're going based on these seven traits, we have built out machines at your gym. We've built out what muscle you wanna work out. And you know, there's always gonna be That layer of discomfort, working out isn't always a fun process while you're in it. I kind of like to say you have the hangover before the drunk part. You know, like you have to do the bad stuff and then you feel good. Like it's the opposite with working out. So it doesn't feel so good in the moment. But afterwards, you're like, oh, I learned something about myself. Or I'm stronger than I realize. Or I'm feeling more prepared to tackle it the next time. And that's what we really like to foster.
0: Now, you offer like one off classes if somebody wants to take a class, and you offer like this eight week series. What about, like, okay, I've gone through the eight week series, I like feel good about my seven different muscles, but I still want to like keep for like a check in. Like, what do you guys do for that, if anything? Hopefully, someone.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, we've actually just started rolling out what we're calling practice pods. So once you've done the series, it's an eight-week series, seven traits. We have like an introductory class, basically teaching you how to have good form before you enter your workout. But after the eight-week series, we allow or we invite folks to join us for practice pods, which are a lot more breakout room and discussion heavy. So in our classes, we have a lot of content, but we also have breakout room experiences for folks to talk to one another and practice the tools in vivo because it's not really that helpful to just have someone talking at you the whole time. So we really like to keep it as engaging as possible. And so the biggest piece of feedback that we get in our classes is that people are just really wanting more breakout room time. They want more time to explore stuff for themselves, to give support and you know get some support from other folks in the community. And so these practice pods are really more about how do we take the tools that we've learned in the series and how do we apply them to other situations like how do you apply curiosity to confidence or burnout? or anxiety. And so we have these hour long practice pods for folks to really have like 15 minute long breakout room discussions with folks to keep that momentum going to keep practicing the tools
0: across different areas of their lives. That's incredible. And I feel like it's the same with the gym. So I, so I go to the gym, right. And I like know the moves and I know the form at this point, but I still can't do it on my own at home. Like it doesn't work for me. I like half acid. I like get bored, uh, you know. So I feel like having that as a place to be like, yeah, we can know these things, but to like practice and reinforce it by quote unquote, like going to the gym is so cool. Exactly. And I you touched on a really good point there that
1: a lot of the times it is really difficult to get yourself to do the thing and to motivate yourself to do the thing on your own. And so having that sort of structure or framework or really just having the accountability buddies, we call them. So accountability buddies, where you show up not just for yourself, but you're also showing up for that cohort. Because in that eight week series that you do, you're with the same group of people every week. And so you really learn to get a little bit more vulnerable with each other every week and show up for each other. So really having that accountability piece and some structure to help you motivate to keep going and to keep practicing. Because we know as therapists that Yes, a lot of work is done in therapy, but more of the work is actually done outside of therapy. And it's about practicing it outside of this as much as possible. But to make that a regular habit, you still need that structure in the beginning, and then you can build
0: off of it on your own for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we all need that. Like, I I don't, I don't know you very well, so not to call <laughs> you out, but I know, like, I still don't have... The, I'm a therapist. I know all the things I need to do, and sometimes right. I just don't do them or I'm not in the right headspace or whatever and I need the help and support of course despite knowing all, knowing all the things right
1: we don't always have our therapist hats on sometimes we have our human hats on <laughs> and we are but humans so
0: <laughs> oh yes I am a very messy human so what do you think well first of all what does COA mean what is the meaning? COA is short for coalesce so
1: to bring together oh I That's like how we that we came up with that yeah I like yeah. that that's a nice one plus we call our members the coalition so that's kind of cool
0: oh so many (laughs) meetings do you think i imagine do you think this will help with the mental health stigma at all i really hope so i mean it's one of those things that we're
1: trying to not only make it as accessible financially we're trying to also make it accessible stigma wise so people know that hey i'm going to my mental health gym just like i go to my regular gym and trying to make it as open and talked about as possible. And I think the way that we've been doing that is really having that gym metaphor because people understand the importance of physical fitness. And for the most part, our healthcare system somewhat understands the importance of physical fitness. Right, yeah, we're still very reactionary when we need to be more preventative. And so that's kind of the approach that we're trying to take here, that because one of my biggest pet peeves, I think, in the therapist world and the stigma around therapy is that people wait until they're in crisis to seek help. And I think it's because we haven't as a society been taught that it's okay to rely on other people. And we don't always know as a society that we actually thrive in community and it's okay to be around other people that share your goals, share similar values. And so we're trying to create that space almost like, ideally when it was, in, if, when it was going to be in person, it would have been like a therapist or a therapy cafe where we'd have an area in the front where people can get some drinks, like sit down and talk, like very loungy. And then we'd have classroom sections in towards the middle where people would do their uh, emotional fitness workouts. And then we'd have individual therapy offices as well because part of our offshoot is also providing individual therapy for folks. So we do both the class end and the individual therapy really to bring it to light and say, hey, this is your hub for all things emotional fitness. Yeah. welcome, friends. like you're part of a community. You're not doing this alone.
0: Oh, I love that. And so yeah. do a lot of people that take our emotional fitness classes, are a lot of them also in individual therapy? We try to keep it as confidential as possible.
1: So I don't have privy to all of that information, which I actually really appreciate oh, okay. about COA because we're trying to do things that I think other companies haven't done in the same way. We're trying to keep it as ethical and effective as possible so that confidentiality piece is huge. I know that we have some crossover, but I also know that our emotional fitness classes at this time are much more affordable than individual therapy sessions, and so it's really an easy way to sort of get in and get a taste of what therapeutic work can be, even though the classes themselves are not therapy, to sort of give people a taste of what is it like to do this type of work? How do I want to be looking at myself and working out my emotional fitness and then if it is in their wheelhouse or their ability to do so or their accessibility to do so a lot of them also join our individual therapy practice or vice versa some people hear us first for individual therapy and then they're like oh you do classes that sounds cool so some crossover for sure
0: so that's incredible. And you know, I have this like image, which I'm sure you do too working there, of like all these little like koa cafes like everywhere as just these little like mental health hubs of like, oh my gosh, I just love it. <laughs> exactly, we were really talking about it as,
1: oh, what if you walk down the streets of San Francisco and you notice yourself, oh, okay, you got like a Soul Cycle, you've got
0: like a Peloton, and now you've got like a COA just because. Exactly. Exactly. As COA grows, will you add different types of emotionally fitness classes, depending on, you know, what people are like asking for the need, the want?
1: Yeah. So even right now we're, we also provide like free Q and A's for the community. And so you can find all of that stuff on our website at joincoa.com slash classes. So we do have some free Q and A's led by therapists. All of our classes are led by licensed professionals and those Q&As are really based on what we hear from the community and what we're crowdsourcing as topics that are important for folks. So, you know, we've had things like body image Q&A, we've had mental health in 2021, how to be proactive about things in the new year, for example, and during transitions. We've had talks about political anxiety during, you know, election time and all of that stuff. So, we do try to tailor it to what our community needs and we're still so We're pretty small as a company so far. So every piece of feedback that we get, we take really seriously. And we do our best to provide and show up even better for our community. And we're hoping that in the next year, two years or so, as we continue to grow, that our emotional fitness classes will also be tailored a little bit more. So how do you use the seven traits of emotional fitness specifically for anxiety? How do you use it specifically for relationships or parenting or something like that? So we're hoping to grow in that
0: way as well that's incredible. So people can, you know, then pick and choose. So you've already kind of mentioned this, but on this podcast, you know, the whole reason this podcast is called okay ish is because I struggle a lot with people being like, be your best self, because obviously, yes, we want to be our best selves, but that's not realistic all the time. And so With that being said, I talk a lot about different, like, stigmas and things like that. So what is, what is, like, the one stigma with, like, mental health, with therapy that just, like, drives you crazy that you just want to say, you you just want to tell the world, like, no, this is not true? (laughs) I think my biggest frustration
1: is when people say, I don't need therapy because I'm not crazy. And I hate the language around that. And I also hate... The fact that we have this stigma that, again, you have to wait until something feels severely wrong or your relationships are falling apart or you're not even functioning anymore to seek that help. And the reason that I think I find it so frustrating is because when we're in school, we learn basic mathematics, we learn basic history, we learn science, we learn language, but we don't learn basic communication relationships, self-awareness skills, emotional regulation skills, and our systems in place right now almost put it on the parents of the world to give us these skills. But if our parents weren't taught it either, how are we supposed to know what to do? And then, like, why do we not have emotional regulation 101 in elementary schools or mindfulness skills in kindergarten? And I know that it's only starting to pick up now, but it also feels a little buzzwordy sometimes. And A lot of folks, I think, focus just on the mindfulness piece, but not as much on, like, the resilience piece. How do you tap into that and actually practice using this in uncomfortable situations? So, really about putting it all together and not waiting until something is wrong to get some support. We all need to learn these skills to function as better humans for ourselves
0: and for each other. I absolutely love everything you just said and I completely agree and thankfully like you said I think more elementary schools are doing like mindfulness and social emotional learning classes and things like that but it is hard to distinguish like okay what is just kind of like you know we want to look good buzzword but we don't really know what we're doing and like actually doing it you know because I think people have great intentions but like I've had I do a lot of speaking at, like, corporations right. and organizations, and I've had, you know, people reach out to me that run corporations or organizations that want me to come and speak that, like, know it's good and know it looks good, but don't really understand, like, what that means. Like, what? okay, you want to bring mindfulness into the workplace? Like, this is what this actually means. And I love everything you just said, and hopefully COA will help with that. So right. another thing that I like to to tell people is, you know, I like to give people like a behind the scenes of like what therapists are like, right? Because we're not, you know, the old man with a white beard with a clipboard while they're lying on a chaise lounge, (laughs) you know, you know the picture. So like what's one thing about like being a therapist or the therapy world or coming to therapy or anything that like you wish your clients knew? Hmm, That's a great question.
1: I think I wish That clients knew that we are also doing the work with them and they're not alone in it that as you have a client that's sitting there with you and doing the work for themselves we are also doing work with them we're also trying to figure out hey like what could be going on here let's talk about this let's figure it out together and this is the kind of work that we also churn about at home so we only get to see our clients maybe once or twice a week or something like that. But we're thinking about it all the time, thinking, gosh, what is going on for this person? What would be helpful? How can, we, how can we show up better for our clients? And there's always this churning and gears turning of all of that. But that therapists also get insecure sometimes. And we don't have all the answers. And that, you know, just because you are a therapist doesn't mean... All, every single one of your relationships are going to be perfect. I think like you said, Ellen in the beginning, sometimes we know in theory what would work best or what would be the, you know, better course of action in this dynamic or whatever. We don't always know how to do that for ourselves sometimes. And so we're all just human. We're all imperfect. We're all okay-ish <laughs> and we're all doing our best with what
0: we know. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And clearly you've been listening and it's so important because I'm sure you can relate to this. I have clients all the time that will be like, well, what would you do? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I would do. And it's not important what I would do. I'm not you. Let's figure it out for you. Right.
1: I love the phrase of don't give advice for consequences you're not going to have to face. Ooh, I love that because why would I tell you what to do? It's your life and your experience and you know the people in your life and you know yourself better than I know you. That's probably another thing I'd want people to know is that therapists don't give advice. We're not about to tell you exactly what to do because we don't know the right course of action. Nobody knows until you take a look at some consequences, (laughs) whether good or bad.
0: Well, and then it's a very collaborative process, like you said, like, it's like, it's kind of like, let's just sit down and figure this out together. And and some of the knowledge I have can help you figure out what would be best right awesome awesome so how can people find koa if they're interested in learning more information
1: yeah so we have pages on all major social media things so if you look for join koa so j-o-i-n-c-o-a or koa mental and emotional fitness you can also check us out on our website which is joinkoa.com And we have all of our information there, whether you're looking for therapy, looking to join any and all of our classes. They're all under one website. We're on like Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. We're everywhere.
0: Oh, my gosh. How cool. And hopefully in a few years, like you won't have to tell people where to find you because it'll just be so big.
1: Right. Exactly. We'll just be like the name brand, right? Like the Kleenex of emotional fitness.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing about Koa. All of the listeners, thanks for listening. Go check it out. And remember that it's totally okay to just be okay-ish.
1: Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram.
0: Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.